0: different perspective? Ready for provocative conversation? Intriguing stories and inspiration? Then don't touch that dial. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. She'll give you something to talk about all week long. Now, here's Francesca.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca, your host, and I just want you to know that I appreciate you listening to my show, so speak to me. Because my team and I spend lots of time and lots of energy thinking and preparing for our show about things that I care about. And I think that you will too. So if you let me know what you're thinking, whatever that might be, if you find the show riveting, valuable, horrific, or offensive, you fill in the blank and jet me an email at info at You can also go right to my website, talkwithfrancesca.com and fill out the contact form there. It'll get right to me. You can visit me on Facebook, and I promise I will get right back to you. If you miss part of the show, you can go to recent shows on my website. Again, talkwithfrancesca.com and listen there. And I'm also on iTunes, so plenty of places to listen to Talk with Francesca. All right, lots to cover today, so we're going to get going. How do women succeed in male-dominated industries? How is it possible to bypass the sexism from the boys club and make all your dreams come true? How do you break the glass ceiling? It is hard, but it's not impossible. Just ask Tamara Lashchik. She's a Wall Street executive with over 25 years of experience working at various investment banks. She's worked in human resources and has helped in professional advancement and is now talking about her personal experiences to help women walking similar paths listen to the name of her book. I love it. Lose the gum. I love, love, love that name. Welcome Tamara.
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. And, and thank you for saying that you love the title. I happen to love it too.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I have been doing this for 10 years and I interviewed lots of people about their books and I, you know, I, I just love it. Lose the gum. It <laughs> just, sort of a, it, it, it I, I don't even know what the right choice of words are. A radio host who's speechless, right? But I, anyway, I really do love it. And, um, so anyway, but, um, so what is the reason that you wrote the book?
0: I wrote the book because I had spent a lot of time mentoring women. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to run the, the training programs when I was in HR and, uh, we would have a lot of, very bright, talented women who would, who would join the firm. And I would follow their careers to the point when they reached the VP level. And they would start to, they would start to um, leave the firm. And I started to realize that they were leaving the firm because they were not able to advance further and they were having a real hard time breaking through the boys' club. Um, but I also saw that they were making a lot of mistakes that also held them back. And when I was giving advice, it seemed like I was giving the same advice over and over. And someone recommended that I put the advice into a book and make it a survival guide for women on Wall Street. Okay.
1: Okay. So we know lose the gum. I love that. Yes. That's, we know to do that. That's for sure. All right. So then let's talk about how women sabotage their own careers and what behaviors do you think hold women back from their career advancement?
0: I mean, I think that for starters, a lot has to do with confidence. Mm. I think that women do not assert themselves as much as men and often ask for permission rather than taking something that is rightfully theirs, whether it's uh, a project or a promotion. And um, I think that they ask for permission way too much. And uh, apologize.
1: Oh, too you took the words out of my mouth, right? Isn't it amazing how people say, I'm sorry? I love it when people bump into furniture and say, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: before they even, they even ask the question, I know so many women who start their email off by saying, apologize for bothering you. Oh, my gosh. And my response is, this is your job, or this is their job, rather, especially if they're writing to someone senior. Right. It's certainly their job. You're not bothering them.
1: But this so, yeah, but this is old stuff. This is, you know, I mean, um that women do this kind of stuff. So, so what do you recommend that's different or what how might you coach a woman a woman differently and help her to get beyond that?
0: Well, I would give them tips on not not uh, simple tips on how to not do that. So, I would just basically say just don't do that. (laughs) Um, In terms of gaining confidence, that is certainly something that you have to work on. And one of the things that I do recommend uh, women do is focus more externally. Women tend to um, have a lot of introspection and whereas introspection is good for for self-assessment and growth, it can also paralyze us. And if you really just focus on the tasks at hand, um, and focus a bit more externally, just get the job done. Mm. Don't worry about the noise in your head, just get it done.
1: Mm. Well, so we t- I think women take a lot personal, well, I think everyone takes things personally, but I think women do more so.
0: I I would agree with you. Um, I grew up in athletics and um, when you're on the field and you make a mistake, you, you are trained to actually just sort of shake it off and um, as such, when I came to Wall Street, it's, it became very easy for me to be able to shake off the mistake. And I'm not saying, you know, deny accountability for a mistake, but you know, take ownership, apologize for it, and move on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Don't don't harbor it.
1: You know what I think? Sometimes we want to we have to explain ourselves rather than just say, you know, for example, no, I can't, or no, that won't work for me. Period. There always seems to be an uh, explanation beyond that. And I know even for myself sometimes, rather than just say, no, that won't work or that doesn't, you know, whatever that I might be saying, that there's that pull. It's just like this feeling like, I have to say why. And, you know, I think when we over-explain, I think it sort of takes away the power.
0: Absolutely. But mm. do you think, do you think we do that because it's a confidence issue?
1: Hmm. Do I think we do it because the confidence issue? I, I, you know, part of it is habit and, you know, we're, you know, the way we're brought up or at least yes. for, for me, Well, some
0: of these habits, yes, these habits do get ingrained in us and we have to learn how to break the habits. But the first step is being aware that you even mm. do this. Right. So awareness is, is key to all of this. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. So what are some things that women should never do in the office?
0: My personal favorite is cry. Um, mm. This one, I, <laughs> this one I tell a little bit about, um, I tell a little bit about my own personal stories. In a 25-year career, I've only cried twice in, in the office And both times, it was extremely uncomfortable for the people around me. And um, it was just two situations that were beyond my control. And I just, just started to well up and tears just started streaming down. But generally, crying is a bad thing to do in the office because it does make those around you feel very uncomfortable. And if you're somebody who frequently cries then it makes it even more uncomfortable and people do not want to work with you they worry about saying something that may set you off mm-hmm. and they they walk on eggshells around you and you don't really want that well
1: men also aren't really particularly comfortable with tears
0: i'm, I'm not either and in my personal life i i cry when i see an, a moving commercial but when I'm <laughs> in the office, I'm uncomfortable yeah and yeah. and personally i I've dealt with a lot of personal tragedy, so I'm good at sitting down with somebody and and discussing personal feelings and helping them through you know a very emotional situation. But when I'm in the office, it's, right. it's really mm. it's, it's really unprofessional mm.
1: I, I would agree with that. I think in the. In the ten years that I've been in radio, I I cried in the office once, and it was, and even though the person that I cried to, sort of speak, um, knew me well, I still it felt really, well, you know, it felt very disempowering for me as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Sure. So okay,
1: so what else are things that a woman should never do in the office? We know not blow bubbles with her bubble gum.
0: <laughs> well, that was my number two was chew gum. <laughs> yeah. So, but since since we covered that, we can we yeah. can go to number number three. Um, I would say I would say fetch coffee.
1: Mm. Well, what if someone said, "Can um, you grab me a cup of coffee"?
0: Well, if 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 it's a mutual type thing where you work in a group and people get each other coffee, that's that's perfectly fine. But if you're in a meeting with your boss and clients and and um
1: mm. they're like oh
0: who wants coffee and they tend to look at you because you're female mm. um i would i would normally turn to the more junior person and say yeah why don't you go get coffee um but i would say be careful of that one because you don't want to pigeonhole yourself into the the role of the coffee girl
1: mhm what else
0: i would say bake cookies oh um <laughs>
1: Come on now. They're fun. <laughs> well, I tell, story,
0: I tell this story in my book, and I will preface, preface the comment of Big Cookies, depending on your style and your brand. I had a branding issue when I worked in HR and was considered to be too tough and aggressive, even, even by Wall Street standards. And I needed something to soften my style, and I had a personal coach at the time, and she said, you know, you really need to let a lot of your personal life shine through the office, um, because my coach just couldn't break through this tough exterior, and then when I told her that, oh, I was baking and I have a garden, she, she was shocked to hear that I had such a soft side, And she said, you know, you may want to let some of that personality into the office. Mm -hmm. And what I did was I came in and baked cookies. It was the holidays, and I baked cookies for Christmas. And I distributed them and left them on people's desks uh, in HR. And they, despite the fact that my name was signed to the card, they had no idea who they were from. Mm -hmm. They just could not believe that um, this, this tough person who worked with them would have ever baked them cookies. Oh, my so gosh. So it was a strategic move. Yeah. But generally, I wouldn't recommend women to do that.
1: All right. Um, tell me real quick before the break. We have like 30 seconds, and then we're going to take a break, and then we're going to talk about some other stuff when we come back. So what's the last one?
0: I would say use cutesy type things, um, whether it's have stuffed animals all over your desk, Um, use, uh, people have pens with like these rubber, rubber uh, cartoon figures on them, or even on your checks. You know, people have kittens and things like that. Really, if you want to be taken seriously in business, Mm -hmm. you know, leave the cutesy stuff on your bed or at home. Mm
1: -hmm. What are some common wardrobe mistakes that women make in the office?
0: Well, I think, I think for one, dressing a bit too sexy. Mm, Of course, yeah. I think that um, just going a little bit too low on the blouse or a little too high on the skirt. The high on the skirt seems to be quite popular with the younger generation Uh, these days. I I find that the skirts are getting shorter and shorter, um, and I think that they're a bit inappropriate for the office.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I would say so too. Also sandals, I think. Oh, it depends yeah, on the industry. The cultural,
0: t- yeah. That will be a cultural thing. When I started on, on Wall Street, it was not permissible to have any open-toe shoes. Mm. And they've really gotten a lot more relaxed right. with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I think it depends on on each firm uh, has their own specific sort of dress code. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people have gotten a lot more flexible. But certainly flip-flops are, are are pretty commonly or universally uh, inappropriate for the office. Right. So
1: talking about, you know, inappropriate clothing or inappropriate behavior or, you know, like chewing gum, that kind of thing. So if you've made one of these mistakes, how do you go about repairing the damage that might have done to your career?
0: Yeah. Well, making a mistake once or even twice doesn't Mm. necessarily represent a trend but if you commonly make those mistakes, then you really need to uh, be conscious about undoing those. Mm-hmm. So if you're somebody who's chronically late for work and are starting to develop a reputation for always being late and subsequently very disorganized and unreliable, you need to make a concerted effort to be on time consistently. So consistency is key in order to to form a new pattern of behavior and and subsequently have it impact your reputation
1: Mm -hmm. i'm just uh, switching gears here for a little bit the me too movement seems to have swept across most industries but we haven't really heard too many cases from financial services do you think harassment exists in your industry and or and if so why haven't we heard a lot about it
0: sure Uh, harassment exists everywhere of course especially if there's men in power so Mm. yes it does exist um, I think that in the early '90s, uh, there were a lot of lawsuits in in financial services around harassment. So I think that um, I think that firms have uh, put in policies and procedures and and have educated a lot within their companies. That said, it still does exist. Um, I think that a lot of women who have come forward. I think that they're. They're bound by um, confidentiality agreements. So if there's Mm -hmm. a case and they they decide to settle, then they have to sign confidentiality agreements and they can't talk about it. Mm -hmm. So that's another reason why um, you may not hear about it as much. Mm -hmm. And I think that also women, it's, it's sort of the code a little bit on Wall Street that you don't really tell. Um, so if it, if it happens, you sort of, you know, kind of keep it to yourself still. And I think women aren't coming forward. So there's, there's still, there's still some issues. I mean, I know, and I talk a little bit about this in my book, my own situations where people have said inappropriate things. Um, I am fortunate in the fact that, I I grew up with brothers. I grew up in, you know, again, in athletics. So I'm sort of used to this type of environment. And when someone had said something inappropriate to me, I would address it immediately. I remember somebody um, came up to me on the trading floor one time, and they they were complimenting the dress that I was wearing. And they told me to turn around so they could check me out. And my response was very swift, and it was very assertive, and the whole trading floor started to laugh. I can't repeat what I said because it would be inappropriate. <laughs> in you just... But <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was it was fast, and had I actually turned around mm. and given oh. him that that oh. look. I would have felt so bad about myself, and I would have harbored such resentment, and I would have been so angry and frustrated, and I would have carried that, that burden around for a while, but I said it immediately, the whole floor laughed, and afterwards, one of the women who witnessed the whole thing called me up and was like, you are my hero, how did you do that? And it made me realize that not all women have that kind of personality. Uh-huh. There are many right. women who would have just gone along and turned around or not said anything and sort of, you know, put their head low and walked away and felt bad about themselves. Right. So I became very sensitive uh-huh. to the fact that there's very different personalities. On the trading floor wow. and or in this industry
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I also felt because I was a strong sort of tough woman that it was almost my duty to protect and defend the women who couldn't stand up for themselves. Yahoo. Another reason why I wrote the book.
1: <laughs> All right. We do need to take another short break. When we come back, I would love to know, I, I read a post from where you talk about the imposter syndrome, and you can explain a little bit more about that. So I read a post from where you talk about imposter syndrome. Explain more about what that is and how to get past it.
0: Sure, imposter syndrome is when you question or doubt, well, you, you basically feel like an imposter in the role that you're in. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes successful people um, have doubts about their success, particularly women. When women are asked um, what what could they attribute to their success, more women say that their success is based on luck. Um, and as, as their- Oh, success, I was in the right place before, at the right time, right? No. <laughs> exactly, mm-mm, exactly. Mm-mm. Um, but so, so imposter syndrome, uh, people, people, um, question whether or not they have the right to be there. Um, and they have feelings of inadequacy. I'm not good enough. What if I'm found out? And the greatest fear is that people will find out that I'm a fraud, that I'm, I'm faking it and I'm really not this good.
1: So, what's your your um, recommendation to how to deal with that?
0: Well, imposter syndrome isn't exclusive to women. I know plenty of men. Yeah, I was thinking just that too. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Some of the most successful men I've ever met have also had imposter syndrome. I mean, imposter syndrome is also, again, rooted in confidence. Mm -hmm. And the more success and the more wins that you have, the more confident that you feel. Um, I also think that imposter syndrome is rooted in our childhoods, And I think that a lot of people who grew up feeling inadequacy because of you know, how they develop in their formative years tend to develop um, imposter syndrome. I mean, I was was very fortunate to have a mother who really believed that um, the sun shined on me, and um, she always thought I was extremely smart. And much smarter than she was, and really almost looked looked up to me. Mm-hmm. And when I had my own doubts in things that I was working on, whether it was a school project or in some type of um, sports, you know, she would be the one who'd be like, "You're amazing. You're you're extremely smart. You can do anything." And when you grow up having parents, supporting you and believing in you that way right. you tend to start believing that as well oh
1: absolutely absolutely um, I couldn't agree with you more with you whatever you're told, I really good or bad uh, is I believe what we believe I would love to spend more time talking about this unfortunately I have to wrap things up and say goodbye so I just want to say thank you so much um, for sharing all this great knowledge the name of her book is called lose the gum and I encourage you to pick it up listeners so Tamara thanks so much for joining us today on talk with Francesca
0: It was a pleasure. Thank you, Francesca.
1: All right. You've been listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca Luca. I'm calling it a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please share the show with someone you know. Helps spread the word to your friends on social media. I'm honored to be on this journey with you, and I'd love to hear from you, so drop me a note at at infoatalkwithfrancesca.com. Have a great week, and we'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Make it a great week.